Welcome, everybody. This is Paul with the Discovery Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about beliefs and misbeliefs. We're going to have our speaker, uh, Jody, is going to be talking about beliefs and misbeliefs. Go ahead and take the mic, Jody. All right. Thanks, Paul. Yeah, so when I started working with Paul, you know, one of the things uh, he had me describe or look up was the definition of misbelief. And uh, that kind of got me looking at, you know, like, where do my beliefs and how can I, where do my beliefs come from and how can I tell if they're a misbelief? So first looking at, like, my beliefs and where they come from, there's kind of a few different areas, I guess, groups that your beliefs come from. Uh, They can come from hand-me-down beliefs, uh, things that your parents taught you, things that you kind of just were always told, uh, maybe someone else's idea, someone someone else's idea that you thought was a good idea, or if you're young enough, you just accepted that idea, and established them kind of as your own beliefs. Other beliefs can come from cultural different cultural beliefs, uh, going to church, uh, going to school, watching TV programs, hanging around people that kind of do the same type of culture and the same type of things that you do. And then the third one's kind of like advertised beliefs. So those are kind of the program beliefs, the things they tell you all the time on, on TV, uh, the news, the radio, all those things that you just hear over and over again, and you just kind of accept them to be true. So when we talk about our past program conditioning, it's really all those different areas together kind of blended and put together to create your beliefs. And that internal thought is going to create more beliefs based on those beliefs. It's always going to kind of lead you in that direction. So if you have a, a belief, whether you're conscious of it or not, when you're, when you're doing things throughout your day, your actions are going to kind of tailor towards those beliefs. Um, and when it, when it comes to reality, your, your beliefs are really going to be your reality. That's what you know to be true or what you think you know to be true. And the only way you can kind of challenge those beliefs is if you, you have an open mind and you start to question those beliefs. Um, remember, our, uh, our beliefs will actually override our senses. Um, seeing and hearing really just ties into your brain, and your brain uh, takes those, those sensors and interprets what it sees. So if your beliefs are strong enough, your beliefs will actually change your perception of reality. So I got a kind of a small task that you guys can do um, that will kind of help you work on some of these beliefs or misbeliefs. And it's kind of a, called a belief inventory. So the first thing to do is just write down all your beliefs. Uh, anything you can think of, um, whether it's something you, you were taught in school, uh, whether it's something your parents told you, things like that. Uh, then next to those beliefs, you want to write down, when did you first remember hearing that idea, that concept, and uh, put that down? And then where did they come from? Uh, did they come from your parents? Did they come from school? Uh, some things you'll just think like, well, I've just always known that. You won't really know where exactly it came from. It's just something that you came up with over the course of your life. And then after you look at all these different beliefs, 
you got to look at like which ones are holding you back. So you know, there, there's a lot of things um, when it comes to like making money that I always had kind of general beliefs about. Uh, you kind of get brought into the belief of you know what minimum wage is. Uh, you have a belief of like what is a good wage. Um, like when I was when I was in high school, you know, I always wanted to make like you know six figures, a hundred thousand dollars a year. I thought that was like that was going to be when I have arrived. That's when I achieved my goal. Um, and that, that was really like, that's it. That's about as far as I really ever thought about it. Um, so you hear people, you know, like um, a lot of times they're advertising their business or things like that, and they're like, hey, you can make, you know, $100,000 in a month. You know, some people believe that, you know, that's not really possible. I can't do that. That's kind of your own misbelief. Um, well, what about making $100,000 in a week or $100,000 in a day? Like, at some point, you run into uh, something where you're like, well, that's probably not possible. You might believe it's kind of possible, but your beliefs deep down really say, like, you know, that's not possible. Um, the, the CEO of General Motors makes over $100,000 a day uh, based on – that business. So it is possible there are people that do it. It's just, for me, that's one of those things that's really hard to uh, come up with. Uh, so when it comes to changing these beliefs or something you're like, well, I need to, this is a misbelief. That's not really true. Um, but I keep doing these actions and things that keep going back to reinforce those beliefs. You know, that, that's when you can say like, well, this is a misbelief and this is something I need to change it. So to overcome these misbeliefs, you kind of got to start from the beginning. You have to be, one, aware that they exist. Uh, you got to be able to be kind of always analyzing how you're thinking in order to pick up when these things play. And for me, I, when I was in high school, I did uh, some computer programming. So if anybody's done any computer programming back then, it was uh, the, the very basic. It was called BASIC. And then I did some programming called Pascal. But whenever you're, like, writing a program, it's kind of the same as, like, your beliefs. The only, the only problem is, like, right now we've got to think of that we're not just writing our own program. We have this huge program that's already, you know, in our internal thought. So in the beginning of the program, you always have, like, the home program, the home line, and then you kind of start from there. And that's kind of like all the things that we've accomplished or uh, acquired over our lifetime. And after you start going down, you start to get all these little subroutines. You get all these little mini programs. And anytime you have scenarios or situations that kind of trigger that event, it's going to go back to that subroutine and start playing that program out. So if we can interrupt it and notice whenever it goes back to that program, we can start to write a new program and start to do things different. It's like when Paul always says, you know, just, just do the opposite. Um, that's a way of, even, even if it's wrong, that's a way to interrupt that misbelief and to just do something different. And then from there you have, a, you're kind of on a, a new line, a new program. So you can start writing stuff and you can start changing it and editing it to be what you want it to be instead of getting stuck in that subroutine and that other program. So that's one way to kind of start changing these misbeliefs. And there, there's going to be a lot of them 
if once you start writing these down, you'll start coming across things. Uh, you'll start coming across just general habits. All those are kind of like beliefs, like uh, you need to eat three meals a day, and there's all kinds of all kinds of things that I can think of that uh, show up in in my list of beliefs. So that's all I got. Thanks, Paul. Thank you, Jody. Really appreciate that. Um, let's go uh, to Ray. You're on call, Ray? Yeah, I'm here, Paul. Um, since you've been on the journey of self-discovery, have you recognized uh, a belief that uh, turned out to be a misbelief, and how did it affect you? Um one that turned out to be a misbelief um, <clears throat> was that I wasn't able to get a a decent job or be able to earn a, a certain amount of money because I had a you know criminal record and in many ways in the beginning it did affect how I was perceived in the job market but in time it was the uh, persistence that that allowed me to change the outcome. In essence, it wasn't um, a permanent limiting factor on my my ability and my um, the the possibility. It was just an obstacle. So it was a misbelief that I would never be able to earn, you know, the amount of money. Like Jody said, having that set amount in your mind that you know should be standard or, you know, one should expect to be able to accomplish if they just apply themselves. I had the misbelief that if I applied myself, I still would be limited in the opportunities available to me. And, uh, and, and again, in essence, I was limited, but it wasn't um, a permanent barrier because often that's what it does is it sees some challenge as an, uh, a final, you know, uh, uh, like a, a dead end that you can't get across or, or find another avenue to still get you to where you need to be. So that was a big one for me to, to move past. That was definitely a... a an obstacle for you. I can remember uh, in the beginning that was really uh, an obstacle that you had to overcome. Let me ask you this, Ray. Um, what do you think caused that misbelief of, uh, you know, that you would never be able to uh, get a good job and, and have an income that you you're enjoying today? Um, I think multiple factors. Um, one was, you know, from childhood, just having a, uh, a defeated outlook in general um, to feel that because of my environment, because of my conditioning, I'd lost the fight before I'd even started. And um, if I hadn't got into the situations that I did, 
I might not have had such a uh, a um, lack of a positive outlook. I may have just taken it in stride and uh, did what I had to do to persevere. But that I think contributed a lot to to you know having that that doubt and that negative outlook in the beginning. Um, and also, I think general in general, people's tendency to run away from challenge, uh, discomfort, or things that appear daunting and, and make them feel vulnerable and exposed or less than, you know. So um, people often, they don't like to, to feel judged. That's, uh, you know, a reason for self-consciousness and all sorts of different behaviors that people um, play out just just based on the fear of being judged. And so that was in full view every time I put in the application that eventually they were going to have to uh, reconcile the the idea of who I was, who I appeared and presented myself to be, and the fact that I was a felon, you know, labeled as a criminal, um, someone who's untrustworthy and a risk. And so um, that definitely put a that definitely, you know, it was like a, a rain cloud over every interaction. And uh, so, you know, with all those things being said, though, it, it didn't ultimately, it wasn't a uh, nail in the coffin. It was just a, it's something I had to overcome in that moment. And for the most part, it's been so long ago that, it's not even required to put on applications. I've been at my job that I'm at now for 10 years now, so I haven't even had to worry about that. But, you know, if I was to, you know, look for a new job, it, it's, you know, usually something they don't even ask about beyond a certain amount of time. So it's, it's pretty much a non-factor. But I've also gotten um, all my, you know, rights restored and rights to bear arms restored and all those things. So it's um, definitely mostly a thing of the past, but I I wasn't able to see in that moment that it would just take time and perseverance. It was a long period of time where I thought it was going to um, to define my entire future. Well, that's... Definitely, one thing for sure, in these past 11 years, you have improved your conditions 110%. Uh, I've seen you really uh, transform in all of your areas of uh, your life, and uh, very proud of you, as as I am, Jody and Jeff. And but you've you know you've outdone yourself in the past 11 years. I really appreciate you sharing that. Right. No problem. Thank you. Jeff, you're on call, buddy? Yes, Sam, I'm right here. Same question. Throughout your 20-some years that you've been in existence, what is a belief that you had that turned out 
to become in reality a misbelief, and how did it affect you? Um, I would say the first time I didn't even do this. In, I didn't even realize I was doing this. Uh, but the first misbelief I identified um, and overcame was that I was never going to be. I was never going to be a successful student in school. Um, I had always been been drawn to science. I'd always loved science, um, but I didn't really have the work ethic um, to succeed in school. You know, I was high school. I was really just a B minus student. Um, freshman year of freshman year of college, I was a even worse than that, I was like a C, C plus student. And then I realized in my sophomore year that if I wanted to do, if I, if I was going to have any kind of a career or life that I would really enjoy, I was going to have to, it would be, it was going to be in science. And if I wanted to have, and, and more specifically within psychology, um, and if I wanted to do well in psychology, and enjoy what I was doing in psychology, I was going to have to get a high-level degree, which meant that I was going to have to start working a hell of a lot harder. And um, I really didn't believe when I started that I had what it, I, that I, it was, it was, I didn't believe it was in the cards for me that I was going to be able to um, be, become a good student because I just, I had up until that point, about 19 years worth of evidence that I wasn't a good student. Um, and every time that I had tried to come, like at times before that where I tried to work harder, but they were like short bursts. They would last for like a month, maybe a semester at most, and I'd get slightly better grades. But this time was different just because uh, there was a lot more, I guess I'd maybe matured a bit and I'd re there was just more pressure, internal, intrinsic drive to do better, whereas before it was just external, like my parents were, um, you know, pushing me to do better. But this time in my sophomore year, um, it was myself that, it was me who knew I had to do better. So I sat down, there was just one, t one day where I was, um, it was before one of my exams, um, it was like a week before an exam, a bi biology exam, which was just an extracurricular I was taking at the time. Um, and I, I, uh, there's, there's this, uh, just this, uh, biological process called like the Krebs cycle that I had to, I had to learn and memorize and be able to, um, write down all the elements and all the processes in the correct order, all the parts of the process processes in the correct order, all the molecules and, you know, just how, how that process functioned in the correct order. And it was a pretty large process, or at least at that time I felt it was like it was a large process. Um, and I was sitting at home just watching a TV show on Netflix, uh, which is what I'd normally do after school. I'd just, you know, turn on Netflix or play some video games or hang out with some friends. But this day I just had this faint feeling of anxiety, which I was, you know, I was used to having that feeling of anxiety before exam, before my exams, but 
this day, instead of ignoring it, I was just like, you know what, I'll spend 15 minutes um, going over the cycle, I'll go over it once or twice, and I'll just go back and watch TV. And that's what I did. I spent 15 minutes minutes going over um, that the Krebs cycle and then um, went back to watching TV. The next day I did the same thing. And then the day after that I did the same thing. Um, and then I started to increase the duration with which I was studying. Um, and, you know, th- those first few days, you know, the studying – Although it wasn't the longest or hardest I had ever studied, it was the first time I had, you know, not ignored the faint feeling of anxiety in favor of watching TV. This time I actually, you know, listened to that feeling and um, did what was what I knew to be the right thing to do, which was to prepare. And lo and behold, um, and I just kept doing that, and lo and behold, I got an A on the exam. Um, and then that started a cycle of me just doing that same thing, just spending maybe 30 minutes a day the week before an exam studying for the exam for the rest of that semester. And I got the best, uh, best transcript that semester that I had ever gotten up to that, up to that point. Um, two B pluses and, and an A, which was, um, which I was only taking three classes that semester, but that was the last semester that I had ever gotten below, um, uh, below an A minus in any um, in any class in, in the rest of my undergraduate career because after that semester um, my work study habits continued to um, progressively improve. I, I started instead of just going home and sit on the couch and um, doing all this on the couch, I would like do it in front of the TV and just being like, okay, I'll watch TV after I study. I t- ended up going to the library instead of going home, and at first I just stayed there for two hours to study. And then two hours turned into four hours, four hours turned into six hours. And then all of a sudden I was, by, by the end of the, of the semester after I started doing this, so the second semester of doing this, by the end of that semester I was, um, I was studying until the library closed. Um, and um, that became a, a very strong habit that uh, really just changed the way I saw myself as a student. And I ended up graduating from a, um, from my undergraduate institution in the top 5% of my class and got into grad school. And it really changed, um, changed my perception of my ability to perform in school um, and what, what I thought I was capable of. It's uh, something else when, you know, we uh, get on a journey of self-discovery and we find out that uh, some of our so-called beliefs turn out to be misbeliefs. Um, Appreciate your uh, sharing this evening. Uh, anybody else want to say anything before we get offline tonight? All right, gang. We will see you next Thursday night at 7.30. Call 518-992-1035. Access code 655 We will see y'all next Thursday night. Tell your friends, your enemies, be on call next Thursday night. Thank you.